Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us each and every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals with Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. My name is Marcus Stewart. I am joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello, your your pal in this world is... <laughs> Is what I like to go by these days. Thank you very much. All right. I threw a sphere and caught you as a person, (laughs) though, because apparently you can catch people in that game. And that can put me to work. It's not weird or controversial in any way. (laughs) No, that's like you you didn't come from a different game, did you? Um, (laughs) And speaking of pals, we have another pal here, Wesley LeBlanc. Hi. Hello. Wesley's throwing up for audio <laughs> listeners the oh my god. Wesley just threw up uh, rock rock horns and if you've watched the video version at all, uh, his camera has magic powers, I think. Yeah. Or we discovered that it's not your camera, it's it's MacBook. Yeah, it's just like, my it's MacBook just... doing it actually. Which is weird because I'm using a third-party camera like attached to it for recording in an app that is not um, an Apple app and somehow my MacBook is like, yeah, he's got the rock uh, fingers up so go ahead and throw on a laser show i think i i can do like let's see yeah i can throw some thumbs up but that's that's about all i can do yeah, yeah. Do not as cool Kyle. <laughs> loser uh, immediately cool. one up to you yeah, yeah. all I mean, incentive is... to watch the video version if you're listening is just it's so ridiculous and weird <laughs> i don't have anything unfortunately yeah, i can nothing. i can do a thumbs up well, in Discord, you can you can you can throw some emojis, and I think I'll track them. Try it. Th- throw some thumbs up. Let's see what happens. How do you do, it's like the you bottom left. You see the little smiley face. Little smiley face in the bottom left. You don't see that. The, they, oh. I see the mic settings. See, Wes stuff. has got some bubbles going. See, when I pull it up because I'm the one recording the video, it actually it covers up the corner of Wes's. Oh, okay. Of the video, I was looking at my where my profile is. Okay, I'm gonna put up hearts, everyone. Hearts are happening. There we go. Look at this. Go. Now this Boring. is a real twenty. T- oh, look at <laughs> Wes showing us all up. Wes now made heart hands, and it like threw hearts out into the world. I can't do that. Thanks, Discord. I didn't have to pay for these brain <laughs> stuff. Oh, actually, before I before we start, just one one more. I'm gonna throw up the praise hands. There we go. There we go. <laughs> praise the sun. Who knows? But yeah, we got a great show planned, everyone. We're at the end of January. Uh, it's already the end of January, guys. Isn't that wild? Yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense. And it's and I've, we've only had to play one massive RPG. <laughs> <laughs> at least three more to go this year i think and two more at least yeah uh-huh. what well, i mean we know yeah. we've got final fantasy and persona after <sighs> like a dragon and then in terms of big rpgs this year we know avowed now avowed, unicorn uh, overlord yeah that's dragon's dogma dragon's dogma 2 and um and uh re fantasio right oh Isn't and there's a uh, i i i chronicles uh, the sweet the sweet yeah, yeah. yeah thing yeah my my genuine goal is like a dragon and persona and final fantasy those are the three that i'm committing to on this podcast Easy, don't don't hours. Hours. you got that i got that you're saying yeah. you're gonna beat them on this podcast yeah that's my i want to beat those i've never played persona proper and this is the one that i was like this is the one to start and like like a dragon i was like this is my entryway and i played gaiden you know this is the one that i'm committing to and gonna see all the way to the end and then I played remake, so I got to play rebirth. It's like I think I'm legally required. I think I signed a contract or something at the beginning of remake. 
that I have to yeah. see the trilogy. It, there's that again. weird agreement in the beginning where like, hey, you're committed to the the other two games that come after this. Yeah. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura will come to your house and with a, a baseball bat if you don't. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Cloud's now <laughs> iconic baseball bat that you can use instead of his, his his buster sword he took a piece of plywood and cut it into the shape of the buster sword gosh there's two games now two rpgs this year that have iconic baseball bat weapons in them because like a dragon he has like an iconic baseball bat as well there's probably it's, a baseball like, bat in persona too right i know probably, ryuji in yeah. five uses a baseball bat often see exactly it's it's there's three there are now three iconic baseball bats wrapped in barbed wire the first is cactus jack from wrestling mcfoley he's the first person i ever saw do it and and with (laughs) actually hitting people with it and it was covered in real barbed wire for those i think it's fake uh so he was really cutting people up and then there's negan from the walking dead and now it's ichiban kazuga so out of those three you know and viewers you can uh weigh in Who's the best baseball bat or barbed wire baseball bat like wielder boy? Barbed wire baseball Uh, bat boy? Is that what you're going with? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The B, the, was that quadruple B? I think this is a top five for the magazine. Oh, yeah. We top five (laughs) barbed wire baseball bat boys. (laughs) (laughs) Negan was in Tekken, right? I'm sure he could. He was, yeah. Yeah, He's a video game character. He's probably one of those Walking Dead games, too. There we go. See? Yeah, this is so. how guys behind the scenes. This is how the magazine comes together. Everybody, <laughs> you just get on a call and just say dumb stuff, and then go, "Eureka, <laughs> we've got two pages." It right goes, there. "Oh, I think there's at least two of those," and then we go, "Is there at least five? And we're like, "I think so," and then we assign it to somebody to try to actually find the other three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, give them the hard part of like go scour yeah. the internet <laughs> to fill this out, please. Um, so yeah, we'll be. Uh, Talking about Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth today. Our review, as of the time you're listening to this, may be up on the site. Um, at the time we're recording, uh, Blake Hester, who's reviewing it, still uh, making his way through it. It is a giant game. Spoilers. Yeah. Who, who would have thought? If you yeah. played the last game, it was long. So yeah, no shout, out, shout out to Blake, who's been offering updates, where he's just like, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I'm yeah. going as fast as I can. <laughs> yeah, seems to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those... Uh, it's one of those things trying to get through a giant RPG and to hit a deadline. It's not, it's not easy. No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, but we'll, some of us have been playing it. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, I'll be talking about uh, our, my Tekken eight review, which you can read on the site right now. And we'll be getting into power world, all the, uh, the good and the bad, everything, the, the game, the first, like, would you call this the first genuine hit of 2024 power world? Uh I think it's going to be like the hit of the year. Yeah. I mean, Prince of Persia, I don't think is not a hit, but in terms Did it sell of just well? like, I mean, we, we don't know. know. Yeah. They, yeah. I was like, have they gone out there and been like, whoa, look how many we did. it." I, I would guess it didn't sell super well, only because Ubisoft put out a statement today. Um, it was like one of those. Thank you so much, everyone for playing where we love how passionate the community is about this game. We're so thrilled with the response. Like, shout out to Ubisoft Montpellier. And usually, if there's like a big record number in there, they would include it, but they didn't. I don't think that means the game didn't do well because, you know, maybe they internally only had a smaller number, like a million copies in in their mind. But like, I think if it sold 5 million, they probably would have mentioned that in that little note. 
but it's it is a hit for me play that game yeah no it's, it's a great game oh yeah awesome I, game. I do think pal world is already sort of going to be a defining game of 2024 yeah like at the end of the year even if it drops off next week and no one's playing pal world we're all going to be like it's going to be in the year and discussions in some facet right it's going to be like PUBG was that game in 2017 and then whatever year Fortnite. like 2020 was among us oh yeah and then like, whatever Pokemon year, go you know yeah phasmophobia had that the year it came out or I guess when the early access is technically not out for real yet <laughs> um and yeah 2024 the year of the pals so far we'll we'll see but but yeah, we're not going to talk about that just yet. We're going to start off with Tekken 8. The King of Iron Fist tournament is back, baby. Kyle and Wesley, on a scale of 1 to 10, how big of Tekken fans are you? I used to be like a 10 Tekken fan when I was like PS2 generation. Wasn't I don't know if I was good at fighting games because I was just playing locally with like my brother and, and neighborhood friends. But the... Uh, Tekken Tag Team Tournament 2, maybe, I think had bowling in it. And I played so much Tekken bowling, like an absurd amount. That was Tekken was a bowling game for me before it was a fighting game. Um, And then like my parents and their friends kind of introduced me to the fighting side of the game. They said there's a whole other like 90% of the game here you could you should check out. I just love bowling with the, the big purple devil. I thought it was so cool that I could just be a devil and bowl and it was a good bowling game um (laughs) and yeah i played a lot of tekken on ps2 after that once i discovered it's a fighting game and then i kind of dropped off for one reason or the other i think i like touched base with it every now and then on ps3 but i completely missed tekken 7 last gen okay that's also i love that that's a good johnny cash song bowling with the big purple devil Uh, what about you kyle uh what was the ps2 launch or near launch title was that tekken tag tekken uh well the first tekken tag yeah yeah the first numbered entry on ps2 was tekken 4 i i played that one a little bit but embarrassing tag yeah i had a friend who had a ps2 pretty early on and i remember playing that and onimusha um but was much more enamored with onimusha um uh and i think this is quite embarrassing i played two rounds of tekken 8 this week uh with my with my kiddo with my daughter uh once again she played the bear and then she played the panda bear right that okay. may be the most tekken i've ever played <laughs> <with> those two <laughs> matches uh, was she was she good with kuma and panda is she the it, it was pretty it was pretty well matched you know two mm. novices going in there uh jamming buttons and and hoping for the best uh and she activated like a robot fish and I was like, whoa, what's happening here? And she's like, I don't know, but I don't know. I got a robot fish now. And then I died. It was it was a good time that those uh those uh, 20 minutes we spent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just I wanted the gauge because uh fighting games are always very um I guess specific to people. Like is it like yeah. you either love them or you don't a lot of times. Um I'm a big Tekken fan. I've been playing Tekken since the PlayStation One. It was the fighting game that i got uh for the ps like i played tekken one tekken two was the first one that i owned and then i've had everyone since then tekken three one of the best fighting games of all time in my opinion and kind of a turning point for the series of like okay this is i like tekken three felt like the moment where we started talking about tekken alongside like street fighter and world combat <clears throat> Th- three like, specifically oh yeah three was a big deal and that that was ps1 right that was the last that was the last ps1, PS1 yeah okay 
cool. It's funny because if you look up footage of Tekken one and Tekken three, you can even see the leap in terms of like presentation and graphics. Like, okay, in a short amount of time, they've they figured out how to get juice out of this thing. Um, so like I've I've been like invested in the series since then. Uh, Tekken seven, I probably didn't play as much as I normally would. I did play a lot of it, but like when I think about how much time I spent in like previous entries, seven, I like in terms of playing like online and multiplayer, I fell off faster than I normally do. And I don't even know if that was like an indictment of the game itself. I think it was just like a consequence of other things that I was playing. Mm. Um, but you know, that said, I was psyched for Tekken 8. I played the uh, like the beta that they put out and, and enjoyed it. And yeah, I've done everything you could there is to do in Tekken in Tekken 8 now that it's um, or at least I you know I had the full game reviewed it. My reviews up in the site. I gave it an 8.25. Which fun fact, I'm apparently on the lower end of the spectrum. It's oh. reviewing very well. Like I've seen uh, several kind of like nines and like nine pluses out there or even perfect scores in some instances like wow i think the takeaway overall is that this is a damn good tekken game so it's always it's always that fun thing of like oh i'm obviously very positive on it but i have some like hang-ups which is why it's you know maybe not in the nine range but everyone else kind of like was like nah screw that this this thing rules which hey that's awesome and Uh, hmm? marcus i'm gonna put you on the spot uh because they are close proximity they weren't the same year but they're pretty dang close can you rank Street Fighter 6, Mortal Kombat 1, and Tekken 8? Street Fighter 6, number one. Okay. Pretty easily. And I think, honestly, I, I will put Mortal Kombat 1 oh, second. Okay, all right. And then, for now, Tekken is last. That is not to say that Tekken's a piece of garbage. No, those <laughs> are three, I mean, those are three, three fancy, good games. exceptional fighting <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll get into my review or into like, I guess yeah, my review as to why that is. Uh, a lot of it is honestly just the, the full package of Tekken 8 rather than just the fighting itself. So, uh, in terms of the core fighting, the big new thing that they added is the heat system, which is this new meter that you have and you build it up through fighting. And then when you activate it, uh, for the duration of the meter, cause it, it expires relatively quickly. Uh, your attacks do chip damage where even if you hit someone, even if they block, they're going to take like a more damage than they normally would. Um, but it also buffs your blocks. And it's actually when you activate it, it pretty much cuts off a lot of combos. Like it just sort of like acts as like a shield of like, nope, whatever you're doing is just like bounces off you in some instances. And then you can kind of use that to interrupt uh, combos, which is really good because like Tekken is always known for like locking opponents into really long combo strings and air juggles and stuff. So this is kind of like a nice defensive move where if you find yourself trapped in that or you see it coming, you can kind of just be like, nope, get away from me. I'm going to stop that. And then what I also like is that you can choose to expend the meter by hitting uh, R1 on PlayStation at least. And you'll do this like unique combo attack. That, so you can just go with like just do this ass- uh, assault that does like pretty good damage. At, but, you know, you're going to get rid of your meter with that. And you can also weave that into an existing combo string. So a lot of times I like like either launching people in the air and then using that heat combo or just I, I'm still experimenting. Of like, OK, I'm going to do like a couple of hits there and then use my heat thing and then finish them off. Uh, it's cool because like the big thing that uh, Bandai Namco has been promoting with Tekken 8 is aggression. You know, they're basically like Vince McMahon in 2002. They're like, it's about ruthless aggression. Yeah, I'm I get sure that you guys are going to get man. that reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were there. John Cena debuted. Um, <laughs> I, hey, John Cena. I know him. 
Those were the first <laughs> fun fact. His first appearance on TV. Those were literally the first words out of his mouth were ruthless aggression. <laughs> <laughs> he said it to a said it to someone else. The first mm-hmm. guy he fought. It's a whole thing. Okay. Um, and also he, he predicted what Tekken Eight would be. And so the heat <laughs> system kind of pushes that because. You know, you use that meter to sort of, like, enhance your attacks and encourage you to get in there and do some damage while the meter is, you know, while you still have it. And then also expending it. But also, if someone's trying to go ham on you, you can use it defensively to sort of, like, slow them down a little bit. It's nice because it's it's strong, but it doesn't feel like a get-out-of-jail-free card, you know, like some power-ups can. Especially because the rage meter from, the, uh, from Tekken 7 returns here, which is basically when you get low health, your bar turns red and you turn red and you pretty much get buffed uh to put it in words you might understand kyle it's basically like hey you're about to die you just go kaoken for the rest of the fight to try to it's like you're in last place in mario kart and you get the lightning right kind of like that yeah Yeah. it's just sort of like here's here's my language dragon ball references mario (laughs) kart i'm just trying you know i'm reading the room you know (laughs) (laughs) and so like that those two things are sort of like little tricks up your sleeve where if you're in a one-sided battle it gives you a a little bit of a of help it's still you know at the end of the day skill is what's gonna win the fight ultimately but at least you have something to lean on but yeah i like the heat stem it's it's a neat addition like i said it doesn't get in the way it doesn't detract from the experience but doesn't feel overpowered which is a very tricky when you do any sort of like super meter style thing in any fighting game because then you can become a crutch after a while and I, I, there were fights where I, this will sound like an indictment, but it's not of like, you don't even need it or like, like, I feel like I have to be strategic with it. I don't go into every fight and say like, okay, I'm going to hit you. And then I'm going to use my heat. It's like, I, I find like, okay, I think I can handle this guy on my own, but I, oh, okay. He's coming at me. I think heat would be a good time to use this. Cause again, it, even though you get it back the next round, it still feels like precious because it drains so fast. Uh, so it's it's not even like the oh I'll save this for like round two or three. It's like no no no. I think I I need to get this at the right moment because then if I really get them like off guard, it's going to do some real damage. Uh, so it just adds like another layer of strategy to fights. And Tekken has always been about trying to outmaneuver your opponent, find an opening so that you can again initiate a really long combo string. And you know whether it's like shimming behind them or to the side or it like to get around blocks or whatnot or just lur- just being able to spot openings in their combos you're like oh i can actually interrupt this with like a low punch and then get my get my stuff in um another cool change is that the rage arts which are basically the big flashy finishing moves um those have been mapped to just one universal button and tekken 7 Every character had like a different input to do to rage arts. Now it's just like, hey, just hit R2. And then <laughs> for every character. And then you'll get a robot fish. Cause I think that was, I think that was, <laughs> is it Kuma? Is that his name? Uh, the brown bear. Yeah. 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 I think that's how, you, I think it was like, that's the move, right? Is, is you get that, that robot fish out there. Yeah. It's like a big cinematic finisher. It's a lot like, um, I guess Street Fighter, like the uh, super finisher or like an MK, the uh, X-ray attacks. It's like Tekken's equivalent of that. Of like, hey, this is going to do a lot of damage. It might save your butt, you know, or just straight up finish someone off. So the, do you, do you the feel fact like that- that's a trend of like simplifying across the board of like the similar button inputs for every character and then the sort of the differences between them are more subtle? Is that is that kind of the way fighting games are moving? I think it's more I, I think fighting games in general are moving towards making execution easier so that strategy becomes more important like 
because it's it's always great to know how to pull the trigger, but it's harder to know when to pull the trigger. Right. You know? Yeah. And that is more like, interesting. It's more fun. Yeah. And then that's when you start to feel like you've got a handle on the game. Like, yeah, I can do this anytime, but should I? Like, yeah. Is he yeah. just going to block it? Because those because rage arts are blockable, like they're not like instant hit. You know, you still got to know when to do it. Uh, so I like that that's been simplified. The health bar in another nice sort of like addition is that it's divided into segments where the first and last segments are recoverable health. So like, and you can recover health by just hitting people. Like even if they block it, you'll get health again, pushing you towards like, Hey, get in there, like yeah. fight. Cause you're going to want to get some health back. Even if they block it, just get in there. Um, and then on the, on the flip side, what I like is that when you see that your opponent is in their recoverable health portion of the thing, you're like, oh, I need to like beat the crap out of them because I don't want them to, to get any health back. So like if I was playing a little more defensively, now I need to go on the, uh, the offense. And I like that that's just sort of clearly communicated to where you can kind of, again, you can kind of plan the flow of the battle better. Um, but outside of like those tweaks, uh, it's just like it's Tekken. <laughs> like if you play Tekken, Hey, it's like, do you like Tekken? You will like this Tekken. It's a lot of fun. I think that the, the new characters that they added are really enjoyable. I really like Reyna who's sort of the centerpiece new character because of her supposed ties to the Mishima family. Uh, that's like a, one of the central mysteries of the game though. It's not well hidden what it is, <laughs> honestly. <Okay. laughs> like when they reveal it during the story, you're like, yeah, that's, pretty much what we all thought it was um <laughs> but, but we appreciate the effort uh i like also like a azucena who's the peruvian fighter she's like an mma fighter who has a coffee farm she's already i have her penciled down for end of year for a best dork category <laughs> okay nice because of like her absurd devotion to coffee and like she is so funny and delightful and silly because like her like, like that's a that's like literally her whole deal. It's like she just wants her coffee farm to take off, and she all of her fighting intros are just talking about like, hey, we have the best strain of coffee down here at my farm. And she'll she has an intro where she'll ask each fighter what their favorite drink is, and some of the fighters will respond with their drink. Like Yoshimitsu would be like, oh, green tea is superior, <laughs> or like I think Lily is like, oh no, tea is the best because she's from I well France technically, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I like that. Cool. Yeah, I like, like that a too. little customizable thing there. Um, her arcade ending is pretty funny too. Um, and she has a good stage because there's alpacas everywhere. Well, you, uh, I know Tekken. I know I was talking earlier about how I was like, I don't really know Tekken, and that's accurate. But one thing I do know about Tekken is like the sort of endings for various games can like are mostly ridiculous, right? Oh yeah, I've I've always thought that Tekken here. has the they have the best fight endings of any fighting game, better right. than Street Fighter, better than Mortal Kombat, just because of how often bizarre and just weird they are and that's one thing that has been consistent throughout the series like i've always wanted to do like a ranking or something of every Tekken thing i think giant bomb might have done it actually <laughs> now that i think about it but yeah, maybe i think so yeah yeah but like i can see why they would do it because i i'll still look up endings from like i don't know Tekken three Tekken four just to be like i don't know i just the nostalgia and also like these are so dumb these feel are like, so i much. feel like a selling point of seven was it had the archive of all of them didn't it yeah and i missed that for eight because the gallery oh, yeah, that's, for that's eight is very slim compared to sevens and i don't remember if seven was like a milestone game or like an anniversary and that's why they did it um but i wish they had just i i would like that to just carry over every game and just you just yeah. add the last game on top of that because it's just, I mean, obviously it saves time going on YouTube and looking it up and getting like a questionable quality version of it. 
Um, but also just like just as a celebration of Tekken's history, it was really nice in seven to just have them all there to watch. When you say endings, do you mean the after each individual fight or like at the end of an arcade, like tower climb type thing or the the story ending? I mean, they have usually all of them, like all the cutscenes that you unlock in the game. But I'm specifically referring to like end of arcade ladder for a character. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, cool. Yeah, like they're non-canon endings usually or like the majority of them are. And yeah. then you're like, uh, it, they're almost like what ifs, like, mm-hmm. what, like, oh, what, what would happen if Paul won this? What would he do with the tournament winnings? Or now he runs Heihachi's company. What, what's he going to do with that? And it's like some silly, weird thing or it's got or sometimes it's like a weird monkey Paul thing of like, oh, OK, it backfired for them in a way they weren't anticipating. And, and eight has that right. Eight keeps eight up with that. the weird. OK, cool. Good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. See, that that's a big that is actually like that is an incentive to me to go like pick a few characters and just run through their arcade mode. If, if like the endings are still fun and interesting. And what I've liked about the arcade mode is that they've, so they've pretty much uh, taken that and separated it. And so now it's called character episodes. So it's not just go to versus or arcade and just play through a bunch of characters. Like you can still do that. And there's still like a final boss, but that's not how you get the endings. Like okay. you got to go to character episodes because now they tailor the fights to that character a little bit more than just here's a random selection of fighters you're going to work through. So like if you play like, uh, I don't know, let's say Jin, and then you're like, okay, the first person that Jin fights is going to be someone that actually means something to him in the canon. And That's they, cool. maybe they might have a, a line of dialogue to reflect that. And then like there's some random people who fight in between and then the final bout will change. Like it's it'll be a different person that you fight last based on that character. Uh, and then you get your special ending. So I, they've, they've tailored that a bit more in a way that I enjoy. So like I said, like the one-on-one fighting is great. Um, everything else about it is fine. <laughs> and that's the reason why I gave it an eight two five. again, a good score, but the cinematic story mode, um, which focuses kind of, it's pretty much like the finale of like, okay, we've been building up to Jin versus Kazuya father versus son, Heihachi's out of the picture because he died in Tekken 7. You know, we'll see how long that actually lasts. But as of now, he's so he, dead. So <laughs> you can't play as Heihachi in 8? He's not in the game at all. Oh, wow. Oh. Is, that, oh, is Heihachi uh, grandpa? He's, you know, the guy that you see on Tekken with the weird spiky yeah. hair? Yeah, that's Heihachi. What's his uh, relationship? Pretty much the, is he the just main, a recurring villain? Or? He's the grandfather. So the Tekken, okay. the, the main characters of Tekken are this bloodline. Like Heihachi was the original villain of Tekken. Which, which by Kazuya, the way, real quick, I, I, Heihachi in my heart is the worst guest character of Soul Calibur 2. That's how oh, I no, know you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Tekken fan, and I remember being disappointed that that's because I had a PlayStation 2. Yeah, so I was like, oh, link, like, and then we get Heihachi? It's like, he's like <laughs> Xbox got Spawn. That, what does that have to do with anything? Like, we can't, we couldn't get, like, Dante or something? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, sorry, I cut you off. I, I want, I really, it's important to me to get that joke in there. Uh, so please. No, uh, you're, <laughs> I agree. I, I feel your pain. But yes, Heihachi was the, the main, he's pretty much like the main villain of the series or for most of it and then his son Kazuya who was the protagonist of Tekken 1 when Kazuya beats him because oh god we're getting into the weeds but like I'm sure you guys know the joke of Tekken of like people get thrown off cliffs and or into volcanoes Yeah, Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it started with Heihachi throwing Kazuya as a kid off a cliff because he has the devil gene which is the purple devil thing that you bowled with Wes oh so I played his okay cool 
That's my main. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's part of their bloodline. You know, it's well. more or less like imagine being a werewolf. More or less of like they have this monster inside of them that it can trigger and, and it turns them into a monster and it makes them super powerful. Like and for some reason that's been spread through their bloodline. Tekken Seven dives into like the origin of, of like war, whose side of the family did it come from? Was it Hayahachi's or was it? his wife who was not really mentioned until Tekken seven. Um, and then he throws Gazoo off a cliff as a kid. He's like, Oh, this kid's going to be strong and turn into a devil and kill him. He survives it. Tekken two. Kazuya beats. Hey, or actually the end of Tekken one, he beats. Hey, throws him off a cliff in a very hilarious ending. Then he takes over the company in Tekken two. Hey, comes back, beats Kazuya, throws Kazuya off into a volcano this time because it's like, well, the cliff didn't work. Then Kazuya is dead until Tekken four. When he comes back, and then, <laughs> but in Tekken 3, Kazuya's son is introduced, Jin. And then Jin pretty much has been the main character since then. So Jin, who has the devil gene, but is a good guy. And he's kind of like a tortured good guy. Because he's like, oh, I don't want to, I want to beat my father who's an ass and my grandfather who's an ass. And they all we all hate each other. And we're all trying to vie for power. And it's just kind of been this blood feud for pretty much most of the series. And then Kazuya killed Heihachi in seven. And now it's Jin and Kazuya, father and son, going at it to see who's going to be the, who's going to take over each other's devil power. Or like in Jin's case, he's trying to get rid of it. And he's been trying to get rid of it since second six, like uh, with not much success. And and yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. I'm sure you guys all understood that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so, uh, that video online of the succession actor explaining. Oh yeah, <laughs> Brian uh, uh, Brian Cox. I yeah. did. Yes, yeah, yeah I watched some of that, yeah. which was which was pretty fun. Yeah, that's the that's what you should watch. Don't listen to me talk about Tekken story. Go watch Brian Cox recap. I'm sure he does a better job. He's a big Tekken fan, probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's Tekken just basically succession. I haven't seen succession. Um, I haven't less, played Tekken. Less physical <laughs> fighting, but emotionally, same. Yeah, they're the same. It's like emotional throwing someone into a volcano. Yeah. It's like maybe these people probably deserve to be thrown into a volcano, but you love to watch them fight over who's going to go into the volcano. <laughs> See, that's, that's probably why they got him. Because it is, it is a lot of family drama about who owns this company and who doesn't and who wants devil power and who, who that's, doesn't. So that's something I was going to ask is I, for, for whatever reason, maybe I've followed Tekken more than I thought without playing it. Or maybe I just remember from a kid, but like, the, the main narrative is like kind of businessy, right? And like company focused, but then they just settle it with fights and tournaments. A tournament. So the King yeah. of Iron Fist tournament is Heihachi's tournament that he, every game, there's a reason for why he hosted. Usually it's to draw Jin and or Kazuya out. And then some, some games, the winner gets to run the company. Sometimes it's money. It depends on what it is. In this case, because Kazuya now runs the tournament, he the whole story is like he wants to kill Jin so that he can be the sole devil and rule the world because now he runs the the Mishima Zaibatsu, which is the company. And then so his stipulation for the tournament is that every every fighter who competes, their country that they represent is like on the line. And he he's going to establish a new world order based on who succeeds in the tournament. Where he's like, literally all the countries will be ranked based on how your fighter performs. So if your fighter loses and they're from Australia, then Australia is like screwed. <laughs> like I will wipe it off the map. <laughs> God, okay. So and this is, the, to, he, to bring it back to Dragon Ball, this is the Cell <laughs> games of the Tekken universe. It pretty much is, yeah. And Heihachi um, is Cell, okay. 
I mean, yeah, because his whole thing is, like, he believes in, like, even though he's a villain, he still has this, like, very, like, warrior kind of code of, like, he's like, oh, I'm trying to bring us back when, like, we settle things with fists and technology has made us soft and I want to see who's the strongest. Like, only the strong survive, that kind of thing. So, basically, everybody's grandpa. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 it's pretty much just like back in my day, we threw people off cliffs to yeah. solve our problems. <laughs> um, so he's like, yeah, yeah, all right. So, you know, compete. And then, you know, if the, if you do real well, then your country is going to be like looked at favorably in my like new world, basically. So like everyone shows up for this. It's really goofy and dumb because there's like an arena of people cheering and having a good time, even though it, like there's no reason to cheer like your your country, like your continent is like on the line here i don't know why anyone would be happy about this but and the whole story is jen trying to come to terms with having the devil inside of him and like how can he use it in a way that doesn't because <laughs> it feeds on hate <laughs> and he doesn't want to feed on hate and there's and all the other characters are there trying to motivate him like it's literally rocky where he gets beat in the beginning by kazuya and he's like oh i don't have the strength to fight him and all his friends are like you got to find the strength to fight him we'll help you and we got to take down kazuya so it's just him trying to get strong again to face him again it's stupid it's it's stupid in the tekken way which i like but i the the in terms of the mechanics it's very uneven it's the best cinematic story they've done like it's way better than tekken sevens which was pretty rough with that really boring journalist guy narrating it but there's still some problems with eight yeah (laughs) who needs them Um, but um um like there's one point in the story where they have like a they have like the tournament proper and they do like a cool like choose your fighter like they have brackets and you can choose which fighter you want to use so i was like oh is this gonna like affect the story about who sticks around and it doesn't go anywhere and i felt that that was a missed opportunity (laughs) like it doesn't really matter who you pick um i think the biggest offender is um there's and they've shown this in the trailer. There's like a straight up like Avenger style battle, which is wild for Tekken. Like literally a giant battlefield with all these soldiers and all the Tekken fighters charging and getting into like it, I compare it to the Wakanda battle because it's like in a big open like field and stuff like that. It's like oh my god, this is their Wakanda battle. And but the way that sequence plays out in game is that they shift to like a almost dy- almost Dynasty Warriors esque like brawler. Where you're surrounded by dudes and you're just using the Tekken oh, controls weird. to punch a bunch of guys. And it's very, if you play Tekken 3's Tekken Force mode, it's pretty reminiscent of that. Of like, it's just sort of like they whip together a weird brawler using the Tekken mechanics, but it doesn't feel great because, again, it's the Tekken mechanics and like a, uh, it's a brawler. And it's, it's like functional, but it's not fun. And it lasts for way too long. Like, you have to go through multiple characters and you each go, like, all right, go kill like 20 guys. And then it's like, okay, we're done, right? And then it jumps to another part of the battlefield. And it's like, all right, now it's my turn. And then it's like, oh my God, we're doing this again. Okay. Um, it's it's fun. Again, like there's some silly stuff that happens, but just playing it, it's like, I, I don't want to keep doing this. Can we just do more one-on-one fights, please? Um, and then the final battle, which is amazing from just spectacle, but it it goes on for so long. It like you're fighting the final confrontation. I it has to be like 10 rounds, maybe eight or 10 rounds. Like Goodness. it just goes. Yeah. And keep in mind, it this is the hardest fight in the game. So I was like, it's the guy you're fighting is hard. It's you know, you're not even accounting for like if you're dying and retrying, not from the beginning, but just redoing that round again. So it's adding on to it. And then when you think you're done, you're like, okay, this surely is over, right? And there's like 
nope, round like 19, let's go. And you're like, oh my God, we're still doing this. <laughs> like, how many times do I have to beat this guy? <laughs> and it almost feels like it starts to become a parody of like itself, but it's it's not. It's like totally serious. So I was like, by the time like before, like I was done basically, I was like, I'm ready for this to be over. Like, I don't know why we're still fighting because especially like nothing's really changing here. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I just feel like I think like the halfway point, the story starts to kind of fall apart a bit in a mechanical and design sense. The narrative isn't like amazing. It is the most like cliche anime thing ever. But again, it's fun for just the over the topness of it. But then because the rest of it, like design wise, is just not great, especially coming off of like Mortal Kombat story modes and you know, Street Fighter did a different thing, but like the world tour mode I thought was really well done for what it was doing. I think this is still just, it's just too uneven for me to, to really like, I, I thought about like, would I ever run through this again? And it's like, not in its entirety. I would definitely cherry pick chapters and skip like maybe 40% of it. So I think that's kind of an indictment, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. For it. Um, and, you know, I, I wish I could skip this uh, for any video game. Is like, you know, never yeah, like, I would not play this again. Yeah. Uh, the other big story mode is called Arcade Quest. It's more or less a tutorial for the game. Like if you're playing Tekken 8 for the first time, you're a newcomer. That's because, you know, you can use this, the regular story mode to sort of like introduce the mechanics to you, but doesn't teach you anything. You're just sort of like funneled into fights. Whereas Arcade Quest actually tries to teach you like, hey, here's how the heat system works. Here's some basic combos you should learn, but like the story itself is the opposite of the main story where it is the blandest, most boring thing where you make a little Xbox 360 avatar. And it's more or less set in the real world where Tekken is a video game and you and your friends are just like really into Tekken. Like they love Tekken. Like (laughs) the main guy in your group just goes around saying how like Tekken brings people together and is basically maybe responsible for world peace. I don't know, but he's just like <laughs> really singing the praises of Tekken. He's he's almost like evangelical in his love of Tekken. That's really <laughs> and, that sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> like in a stupid it's, way. It, it's fun in a stupid way until everyone's talking and you're like, oh no, no, no. There's no like irony or like there's no like it, it's not funny. Right. You know, it's not like it's just very saccharine. Like it almost feels like a a kid show to teach fighting game etiquette because the whole point of the story is that you meet like the prototypical anime bad guy slash rival who like everyone's having a good time because they're like i like to play tekken my way i'm really into character creator i'm really into doing flashy moves and this guy shows up and stomps in her fun and says no tekken is about power and being the best <laughs> and then your friends are like yeah and, and your friends are like we'll show you you know like mm. tekken's for everyone and that's like literally the whole plot that's, <laughs> it's just that that's and you funny. can tell that you can tell the villain's a villain because he's got a trench coat which he, he's got a trench coat and slick back hair he's basically yeah, yeah. set yeah. kaiba See, yeah. this, uh, this, this is the this is the equivalent of the bowling mode right like for a young west like this is where this would have been his destination mode and then he'd been like, like oh there's a whole been. other story here you know <laughs> i mean but you're still just doing a bunch of regular tekken fights oh, like okay. you're traveling okay. from arcade to arcade you you beat a bunch of people you beat the top dog there they each arcade more or less teaches you another aspect of the game of like okay the the people in this arcade are more defensive focused so this is where we're going to teach you how to get through blocks and, and do grabs and stuff like that kind of thing um, and then everyone goes like, wow, you're pretty good. You might have what it takes to get to the top and challenge the trench coat guy that thinks Tekken's about power. We don't like him. Um, but it is just so, it plays it so straight that it is just dull 
pretty much. It's just like, okay, can we just skip past? It's like I get. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to move on. Basically, like there's just not a lot of um pizzazz to it. I, I wish that it kind of played it up for laughs a bit more, but it plays it so straight. Like I said, it, it's 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 like, hey, I got a kid that wants to get into fighting games. This will teach them to like not be a dick because that's pretty <laughs> I mean, much the message. It's a good <laughs> lesson. Not a not an invaluable. Not. I mean, that's not. It's a valuable lesson. You know, <laughs> if you. I'm saying it's it bad. It. <laughs> it's just very like, oh, okay. There's there's not really any soul to this. Right. Saying. Yeah. Be a good player, and Tekken is the answer to everything. <laughs> um, the other stuff, like uh, Tekken Ball comes back. Speaking of things that Wesley oh, might like, which that- was uh, in Tekken 3 and, and one of the tag tournament games, where it's basically volleyball. Where oh, boring. It, Bring back bowling. Where you just... If you're, knocking, it's if like you're a, not knocking down pins, Wes doesn't want to hear about it. It has another ball. Like It's basically like, hey, imagine a one-on-one Tekken fight, but there's a ball that you just bounce between you by just doing attacks and then you can hit each other with the ball uh, and if that's, it lands you do damage. See, it's, the thing about bowling and their other it, it works because it's just it is bowling with Tekken characters. Like you're just this doesn't sound as fun. Like it just sounds like it'll if it's not. It's one yeah. of the things you do once and then go, okay, there it is. And then yeah. <laughs> you never you're still fighting, again. you just have a ball between you. That's come on, Tekken, do better. Bring back bowling. <laughs> yeah. And then the <laughs> online, like the online works well. Yeah, I played like a preview cool. event or like a, you know, it it didn't have any problems in terms of connection. They revamped it. They pretty much did the fight lounge from Street Fighter 6, though. Even then, it's like a a lesser version of it. I think it, it's just not, it, it's like fine, but I think it's because Street Fighter 6 did it first last year and they weren't the first game to do this, but they did it really well with their fight lounge and just how, how much personality it has. If you ever going around like the way like everyone's running around their avatars and just looking like ridiculous cop like costumes or just character creator because of how surprisingly robust that character creator is. And Tekken 8's by comparison isn't as robust because you're running around as your weird 360 avatars from Arcade Quest. And it just doesn't have the same depth and just soul to it that six did, where it's just like, oh yeah, it's fine. And it's definitely more interesting than just like, okay, hit a button and match up with someone, which you can still do. Like, you can't do anything in Arcade Quest that you can't do just by hitting ranked or quick play. But it just it's not as exciting as uh, Street Fighter 6's. That's kind of my overall impression. Like, okay, like a lesser version of Street Fighter 6's arcade. So I think, like, all that other stuff, combined like, the, the gallery not being what it is or as big as it was in 7's and just... It was like, okay, this stuff works, but it's... it Fighting games now, the package is... The overall package has caught up to, like, the core fighting in a way. That you, I, I, at least for me, I value that. Maybe not as much as the core fighting. Like that's still the the main event of like I just want to get in there and fight my friends or people online. And again, Tekken Eight's fighting fantastic, really good. But everything else around it is just like either just uneven or just fine. Like nothing like blew my socks off. So that's kind of where I landed with the eight point two five. You know, but. Yeah, I'm going to keep playing more of it. I'm definitely, I've been playing some ranked online. I've got a really mean Huarang, if anyone wants to throw down. Uh, do you guys think you'll get in there and uh, mess around with this and fight me? I, I mean, you know, I try to be as honest as possible. Everything you said has been positive, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I have a lot of big RPGs I want to get through this year. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, occasionally a fighting game will hook me once in a blue moon. I, I don't know if Tekken Eight's going to be the one uh, to do it, but um, I mean, what I that very those couple of rounds I played. One thing that you haven't mentioned is like that game looks great. 
That is a really oh, yeah. good it's, looking game. I think it's the. F- it, I think I don't know if it's true. I think it's the first fighting game made in Unreal Five, I or mean, one maybe. of the first. Because like Mortal, Mortal Kombat has their own engine, right? Don't they? Yeah, I think it's their own engine. And, I'm, engine, I'm, yeah. and Street Fighter was RE engine, I, right? Right. So yeah, probably. Yeah. I would I believe think it so. is, but it, it looks it looks it really shows sharp. It. Yeah, yeah. Like stages look great, characters look great. There's little details with like when you're hitting them or when they're doing anything, like they're they emote in ways that it didn't before. Like it, it is a beautiful looking game. Yeah. Um, I just wish there other things were better, including the practice mode, which real quick, I didn't mention that. I, I'm in a world where like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter have amazing tutorial modes, like really do a good job of guiding you step by step and onboarding you. Tekken has always struggled with that. Cause Tekken is a very complex depth game or like deep game. Like it's easy to pick up and mash buttons and do stuff, but if you really want to get good, there's a lot to dig in there too. And I was hoping this game would take the opportunity to kind of learn from its contemporaries and really give you that guided experience. And it still really doesn't. It has like lessons, but you still are kind of going into menus and having to kind of look up what things mean and how to do it instead. Of, and then doing it in the right order, I think is key of like, you should learn this before you learn this. But if you don't know that, you're just kind of going to pick things and be like, well, I guess I should know what this is. So you don't really have the same context that if someone just sat you down and guided you step by step would do to kind of give you that on ramp. I think Arcade Quest is the closest thing to that, but it's still like it's still like miles behind what, again, Street Fighter and MK have done for that. And I I, I really wish that this game was like comparable there. So that factored into my score. But yeah, overall, like I said, I, I think it's a strong Tekken, a good debut for this generation. I'm sure it'll be honestly maybe the only Tekken game of this generation because of how much longer there seems the gaps between releases are. But I'm excited to see uh, how they uh, fill out the roster with DLC characters. Eddie Gordo, we saw was the first one popular and hated character. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And maybe yeah. uh, probably we'll see fighting game of the year at the end of the year. They saw they were like, well, we're, we don't want to we don't want to fight for that title in 2023. So we're just going to move into January. We'll have 2024 to ourselves. I mean, hey, January is a good month for something like this. Yeah. I mean, barring if you're interested in any of the 19 RPGs coming out, there's enough breathing room to like, hey, I'm going to get got time to get good at Tekken. Let's do that. Do you know? Do you know uh, when the release date is off the top of your head? Or? Uh, it is January 26th. So, okay. so Friday. Friday. So hmm. if you're listening to nice. this, the day comes out tomorrow, which is... Um, yeah, same as Like a Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Like a Dragon, let's uh, jump into that next. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Blake's still working on our review. But Kyle, you have played about like 11 hours of it. Yeah, I hit 11 last night. Have you guys touched it at all? Or It's a daunting, in, it's a daunting thing. Yeah, I'm in. I'm on chapter two. I've been busy with Tekken, so mm-hmm. I haven't been playing as much. But I'm in like, I'm in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, but it's still very okay. much like I just got to Hawaii more or less. Like a thing happened, but like I haven't like gotten like settled in Hawaii yet. Right. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you also you were kind of behind. You like finished Gaiden kind of recently, too, didn't you? Yeah, that was the other reason I didn't jump on it right away because yeah. I, I was I wanted to play Gaiden first. Uh, by the way, end of that game. Had me in tears. Yeah, tears. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I kept hearing that that ending was incredible, and I can see why. I'm glad that I took the time to play. Yeah, yeah. Wes, have you? Are you gonna play like a dragon? Or are you gonna? Type I I will one day. Uh, one, is, okay, so no. Is what <laughs> the Yakuza, yeah, the Yakuza series is one of my. Uh, well, it is certainly the largest white whale in my like backlog. I started yeah. zero last year, 
Uh, and I just, it's nope, one of those series. You're doing it wrong, dude. You're doing people, it wrong. People <laughs> love what it. Kyle's going to tell you to do. <laughs> yeah, just jump right to seven, probably. Uh, no, love, eight. Just jump to eight. <laughs> oh. It's tempting. I, I want to hear, hear you talk about that because um, <sighs> playing playing eight, and I beat seven, uh, like or the Ox is like a dragon, whatever you want to call it. I love that game. One of my favorite games of 2020. And. You know, I was so excited to get back to the like, like Gaiden was a great sort of like appetizer because once you start to see, once it starts to bleed into like a dragon's events and you start seeing Ichiban again, I was like, oh, my, my dog, I love Ichiban, <laughs> there he is. And I, it made me like, yeah, I'm so ready to, to hang out with him again. <laughs> as yeah. much as, as much as I like Kiryu, I'm like, Ichi's my boy. I want to hang with that guy. So I was like, but like seven I, or like infinite wealth, does it? have a recap i think it did or i might have chosen so, not to watch it just because i remember it well before uh, west do i mean i feel like we cut you off a little bit like it, it oh. truly is there a world i mean if we're being realistic like like where you jump into this game or like you you, you want to play the others first or at least no i do want to try to play the others first because people that love yakuza like it becomes their favorite series ever and i'm at least allured by that and People say if you're gonna start, if you're gonna try to do the whole series, start with zero. It's great. Um, I've heard that I'm, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm like ten hours into zero. I started it last year, um, and I really, really like it. So I'm gonna try, but I am also open to just like YouTubing certain games if I don't vibe with them because I've heard while zero is a great starting spot, it's also like a modern remake of the start. So then jumping over to the next ones after that, it feels older, but with the intent originally to get to yakuza like a dragon because people love that game and now <laughs> infinite wealth on top of it which people seem to be big fans of um but i don't know i'm uh your your piece that's on gameinform.com right now had me curious to kind of just jump in without any knowledge of it and um, i'm sure there's going to be other stories like that right now it's just kind of reviews from people who know this series well but uh there is that part of me that's like what if i just jumped in it seems like a great rpg I can just Google whatever I'm lost on. Like I live there, man. I built yeah. a house there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so I yeah I'm cheating a little bit because I, my wife loves Seven, and I I watched her play a lot of that. So like I'm at least somewhat. Oh right, so you're like, not like coming in completely. Yeah, like I blind. and it's and I couldn't tell you the plot of Seven, but I saw enough moments from that game where I was like, oh man, Ichiban is such a charmer. I understand why everyone yeah. loves. Like him you so saw much. his friends, were like, I know those guys. This yeah, cool. yeah, I like and and there is a very subtle recap in the beginning that really doesn't give you a ton but like i think it's like right in the beginning one of the i could be wrong about this but like ichiban wakes up and he like he has a um gosh he has like these photos of these two men in his in his right. room and he and yeah. the, and it prompts you it says like do you want ichiban to like tell you who these people are or do you want him to start the game <laughs> And Press I chose R3 and L3 to accept the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so I like he gives you a little recap of like this guy was my, you know, my father figure. Um, and this person was yada yada. And it gives you like a little background. And 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 I played, I did play Gaiden. Like truly, my my thought was like Gaiden, the man who erased his name, to be clear, is like, I know I know a little bit about Ichiban from watching someone play a lot of the game. I know people love Kuryu, but I don't really know who he is. I'm going to eat this little appetizer, which will give me the taste of the game, what to expect without this like crazy commitment. And I'm grateful that I did that. I feel like that was the the perfect, like, why don't you, why don't you give this a shot and, and see if you want to play this game? And, and it's funny because my takeaway from that game was like, 
I I don't really like the combat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I was like, I don't, I'm not really enjoying the beat em up. I'm not really a big beat em up genre and fan of that genre in general. And it was like immediately playing like a dragon, the turn based stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, I like this so much more. I like this so much more than uh, the fighting uh, of the of the sort of more traditional Yakuza, I guess you could say. But I, I mean, t- so I'm 11 hours in. I don't really have a lot of background on the on the series other than the, the previous one I played. I, I'm having such a great time. Like just the the tone of that game is so chaotic and anarchic and perfect in that way in that it like it goes back and forth between stoic men staring into the camera explaining just the worst things that have happened to them and how they're struggling to overcome you know that vulnerability that has affected their lives in so many ways to like the next moment I'm walking out of the bar with a crawfish on my shoulder and the barkeep is like, I'm going to eat that crawfish. And Ichiban's like, no, this crawfish is my friend. And it's like, it's great. It's so good in that way in that it just goes back and forth so easily. I mean, the crawfish named Nancy Chan. Puts, yes. Put, yeah. Put some respect on Nancy's name. A character that a character, quote unquote, that you uh, I get you find in seven. Right. And then in the beginning, it's a side quest in seven. Right. And in the beginning of eight, you can decide to either bring Nancy with you to Hawaii or leave her at Which, home. <laughs> I would like to know the, the the boring monster that would say no. I'm like, I, know, I had that. I, I was like, oh, absolutely, I'm going to take you. <laughs> like, one, I did that side quest in seven, so I, and it's one of the funniest side quests in, in seven. Which I'm glad that they were like, oh, I guess it's canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he keeps this. But, uh, um, but yeah, I would like I, to, I'm curious to like if you say no, does it change anything at all? Well, or? I've only seen a few cutscenes with Nancy so far. So yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't I don't know why you would say no. I guess, like you said, yeah, unless you're a monster, no fun. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I, 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 I'm coming right off of 16, which I think we talked about last week, which yeah, is Final this, Fantasy like, 16. Final Fantasy 16, which is this dour sort of we're gonna use as many f bombs as possible, and we're gonna and we're gonna be like it, the the world ending calamity is like right around the corner, and the thing, and it just kind of ultimately sort of didn't i didn't love it i guess you could say and it like just left me in this like weird like mood of ambivalence of like all right i guess i saved the world and like moving into like a dragon like it's not necessarily fair to compare them because they're two different games but just the sort of just it just works for me so well that you're a 40 year old guy in Hawaii, just like trying to stay out of trouble. Like you're trying to find your passport. He's never left Japan. Yeah. And it's just like, it just feels like oddly relatable in that way. It's so fun to see uh, RGG's take on America because he's in Hawaii for what I'm getting. It seems like the majority of the game. And they've, to my knowledge, I don't, they've never done an American setting. Yeah. I, I don't, I have no idea, but like even like little things like, you play the the beginning of the game in Japan and you use the currency there, the yen. And then when you come to America, it's like, all right, well, now you use dollars and we're going to convert your money into oh, dollars. That was so weird. I've played enough Yakuza games where it's like seeing American dollars is so weird. I know. Like, oh, but, I actually have 200 something dollars. But I just, I just like that weird <laughs> attention to detail that really does make you feel like you're in a different country within, you know, even though like I'm an American playing as a Japanese person visiting America, I just like, they pay attention to all that stuff. And then it's so funny because you walk five feet and everyone that <laughs> Ichiban knows 
is in Hawaii for some reason. They all have a story of like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, we met in Japan, you know, at that time. And they're like, and yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Hawaii. I, I brought my I uh, like, robot cleaner that I invented in Japan. It's I brought it to Hawaii and if you could help me with it. And Ichiban's just like, yeah, sure, why not? Because they set that up with like one throwaway line in the beginning of like, yeah. I think it's Namba that mentions like, oh yeah, like Hawaii is like a, a very popular you know destination spot for japanese yeah so like yeah it's for you know we go to our time and it's also funny because i have a friend that lives in japan and then she was the one who actually told me this a while ago and i, did, I didn't know that was a thing but she's like oh, oh yeah, yeah i go to yeah. japan all or i go to hawaii all the time that's the only place in the u.s i've ever visited yeah i went to <laughs> hawaii for the first time in 2020 or 20 no i'm not 2020 uh it was like 2021 and uh it, there's so much sort of Japanese culture there. There's like you, you yeah. see a lot of signs in Japanese and stuff like that, which is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I so yeah, there I, I fully admit there is some confusion when it comes to uh, maybe characters and history. And the game does this thing where Ichiban will meet someone that he recognizes and it cuts to a still image of them from the previous game. But they just are. It's a picture of the same person. <laughs> so yeah. like it doesn't it's like, it's like this doesn't, doesn't do me. anything for me but i but i have not hit a point where i am like completely lost like it's not it's not that hard to google a name and, and it does a good are you job playing with your wife like is she pointing out like oh no this, this is this person she does she refuses to be spoiled and in fact requested normally i would play dubbed i i like playing games with the english dub i don't i know that people are really adamant about playing the yakuza games in japanese which i totally understand um but i've been playing in japanese so that she can't just accidentally hear story beats or anything like that so she's gotcha. i'm not asking her for for information um be, because i mean said that. ultimately oh. it is sort of an individual story about ichiban with a new goal so it's like yeah every all the other stuff that like you would gain which you do absolutely gain by playing the previous games is like is coloring and you know it just makes you know the world better but in terms of ichiban's singular goal that he's trying to complete i'm totally on board and following that without any issue at all what is that goal? Yeah. If since this isn't like a save the world, uh, yeah, game, I guess without spoilers. Yeah, have they, I'm trying to say like, have they said what he's there for in the trailers? They did all? in a trailer, but I don't think I need to spoil it. It's familial. I'll say okay. that it has to do with yeah. family and stuff like that. Um, and then of course, the second he gets where he's going, things go crazy, and he meets new people, and like half my party is characters he m- meets in Hawaii. You know, so yeah, it's um. It's funny. I was going to ask you when you uh, what you language you were playing it in, um, because I play. I'm playing in English, mm-hmm. and I played like a dragon, Yakuza Seven in English too. Because I actually think I think the English dub is actually phenomenal in that game. Yeah, like, modern I'm, dub like, is very good. One of the, as someone who watches y- a lot of anime, <laughs> like they they figure yeah, out like how I, to do it well. Yeah, like I have no, I do not feel bad playing a game in English. I think especially Ichiban's English voice actor, amazing job making him so endearing um but it's it is weird playing this game and it's set in america where he's speaking english but he's he's actually speaking japanese but he's encountering actual english speakers so like there's like an early situation where he's like oh i don't know if people will understand me and it's weird because we can understand us i'm like oh my i'm like would this actually be better playing this in japanese just to make that language barrier more evident because yeah, like he I, saw it's like cops or something and i'm like can the cops actually understand him or 
are we like supposed to just go with it? Cause like he is, you know, it's an English dub, but like he is speaking Japanese. I, I my, it's like messing with my brain a bit because again, yeah. this has never been an issue with the series because they've all been set in Japan. <laughs> yeah. There, I, I, I was, I have been interested to ask someone who's been playing it in English because there are moments where Ichiban will be speaking with Japanese, like to a, like a police officer, for example, who becomes a character a little bit later, who will turn to another character and speak in English. You know what I mean? Like this character, the police officer is bilingual. So he speaks in Japanese to Ichiban, but then we'll have one line of English to another character. And my thought is, I'm, I'm like, how do they do that in the English stuff? I guess just everyone just speaks English all the time, I guess, right? I mean, there's only, like, I have to play deeper. There's only one instrument, like, when you first get to Hawaii, that the language barrier becomes, like, a thing. Yeah. And then, but they didn't make it clear that the first character you meet can understand Japanese. Like, yes. he kind of goes yeah. out of his way to be like, yeah, I can speak Japanese. But then you run into cops, and you're like, okay, they're ostensibly American. They look very American. I There's no way both of them can speak Japanese, right? And Ichiban's trying to talk to them. And, yeah, they... It seemed like they were responding or understand, but it like, it was weird. I was I was like I can't, I can't tell yeah. with with the English dub. I mean, so, playing in Japanese, I don't want to turn it off though, but because I like the English, yeah, you commit cast one too way much. Or the other, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I might just have to, unless they make it clear later on, I might just have to use my imagination <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah, it is odd to be playing Japanese, and then but like clerks will say thank you in English or like come again, or you'll hear you know just a floating line out in the world of someone speaking in English in the Japanese dub. It's, it's interesting. I, when the, <laughs> this is silly, but when the game comes out and my wife is playing and is like less concerned about spoilers, I might switch back over to English just cause I like the dub. I, I enjoy playing the dub. It's a good. Dub. So, yeah. but, um, yeah. So you're enjoying it so far overall. You yeah. You're going to see it through. Well, yes, I would like, I really am committed to seeing it through. Like, ask me again in a month and we'll see if I made it but like I especially as like a especially especially after Final Fantasy 16 not to like crap all over Final Fantasy 16 or anything it was just like it's just a nice change of RPG pace it's you know what I mean it's like it's like a much more grounded and sort of relatable and believable story with uh people who are more fun ichiban is like maybe one of the best video game protagonists of like the last decade he's just super optimistic in his own way and is a goofball and is like but also like a a a badass at the same time like he is good at fighting and the and the rpg stuff is fun the turn-based combat is fun and quick and flashy and silly and it's i'm just having a great time i i I really i kind of went into it with high expectations just knowing the reputation of the series and it's meeting those high expectations so far. I I uh I really I really like it. And it, it comes out on, on Friday the same day as Tekken. I is it is it yeah. gonna be, is it gonna be Game Pass or am I making that up? Uh I think wasn't the first game Game Pass? I, I think I when know. the first game came out it was day one. It will game not Pass. be available on Game Pass. And there are okay. no plans not a game according Pass to game. producer Masayoshi Yokoyama. Okay. But yeah, we I mean I anymore. We're big. I'm a, I'm eleven hours in and of what may be like a what an eighty hour game or something like that. So Probably. like you know, Is grain it? of salt and all that. I, you know, my opinion might change in the long term, but like I I really like uh, what I've played so far. Is like a dragon and infinite wealth? Are they hard? I was I'm 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 trying to finish Persona Five Royal right now. I'm in like the last twenty hours, and I've been thinking a lot about how the game is not hard, and I'm very glad because it's so long. And they kind of, instead of padding it out with grinding and challenge, you're just doing other things. 
And I get the sense that these games are like that. Like you're doing combat, but you're also doing crazy side quests and running a business and doing the Animal Crossing Island. So is there room for the game to be challenging enough where you need to grind or do they kind of just let you breeze through combat in a fun way? I mean, it's hard to say for both because they're two different genres. Uh, mm. For Gaiden, so Gaiden, I more or less ran through that game. Like oh, I sorry. I meant uh, 2020, Like a Dragon. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that game could get pretty hard. Actually, it had some difficulty spikes towards the end where I was like, oh, okay, I need to go grind. And and I was like thorough in that game. Like I did a ton of side quests. And even then there are some walls that you can hit towards like the last third of it with some bosses where you really have to like you have to be on your game in terms of like, okay, what is my party makeup? What classes should I use here? And how do I, I need to have a system because this guy hits really hard. So maybe the healer should go first and buff everyone and do this. Like it, it, it gets hard in a way sometimes where it, maybe it's a little off-putting. So you're like, oh man, I, I thought it was breezing and now I'm struggling. Um, that's kind of one thing I'm hoping maybe is sanded down a bit in Infinite Wealth. I thought the spikes in seven were a little too sharp at times. Yeah, I don't want to grind. I, I hope I hope I don't hit a wall where I need to grind. I, I that's that is a big turnoff for me in our, with RPGs in general. Yeah. The game definitely gives you a plenty of opportunity to grind between the the street goons or at least in seven also had like the fight coliseum that I had to spend a lot of time in to get my party up the buff to to fight some people. But I guess overall to answer your question, like yeah, the game can get if you're you can't be lackadaisical, like you probably should go out of your way to do side stuff or at least fight people in the street now and then and not just run past everybody. Because I think eventually you'll run into something where you're like, oh, I should have maybe spent some more time leveling up before I got to this. For those okay. for those street brawls there, you can just you can pull the left trigger to just auto fight. Yeah, it, uh, it'll just I love that. it'll just kind of do standard attacks for you, which is nice for just running around the streets. Yeah. Um. But so maybe that helps. I don't know. Was that in seven, Marcus? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was. I don't okay. totally remember. But yeah, I am. I am scared of hitting a grinding wall. I I, I hope that doesn't happen. Um. But and and so far, you know, I've died here and there. Like you lose money. It's yeah. not like a big you know punishment really. Uh, yeah. Well, keep, well it doesn't going. when you stack it stacks up quick though. If you hit a hard boss, where you're just like I'm losing a ton of money. <laughs> sure. Holy crap. Well, you have you have banks now which you can deposit money in, and I wonder if which you can... I recommend doing before okay. big boss fights because that's how you mitigate losses. Go. That's what deposit. I thought. I was wondering because it, it takes away a percentage okay. of your overall like wallet. So if you got like so two if you bucks. have a big wallet, you're going to lose a ton. <laughs> right. So yeah, okay. carry around like two dollars basically. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, I like it, and I think I think even if you're new to, I mean, this is coming as from someone who has no expertise on the series. I'm coming as someone who is this person. I don't think you're completely out of the an insane. I don't think you're an insane person to just start here. Like I, I play the play the new fun thing is always my sort of recommendation if you're interested in the series. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So keep an eye out for our review and yeah. which might be on the site by the time this yeah, maybe releases. it's already we'll see. Yeah, in that case, uh, go read it now. Yeah, I want, I'm curious to see what Blake says. I want to read his review. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about it <laughs> for the uh, the next few weeks as we uh, all get deeper and deeper into it and have more things to say. But yeah, speaking of another game that a lot of people have a lot of things to say, including us, is the number one video game on planet Earth as we speak, <laughs> Pal World. The Pokemon with guns slash survival game slash crafting game slash sort of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I don't know. You can slash find anything. I... 
legally distinct from Pokemon most of the time. Slash. <laughs> uh, Wes, you wrote a fantastic sort of overview about pal world about what the game itself is as well as just the background of it and then also touching on the controversies that have been generated from it of people talking about like is this is this good that something like this exists that seems like on paper a potentially like fraudulent game in terms of like is it stealing designs is it an asset flip is it this is it that do you want to dive into that whole report Wes catch people up yeah so there is a lot Uh, we kind of talked about power world last week on day one or day zero basically like the first few hours of its launch so we had no idea what it would we didn't know what it would become a week later um but we talked about it last week so yeah it's it's there's Pokemon creatures called pals. You capture them with uh, legally distinct Pokeballs and you can make these pals um, basically like do your survival needs for you. Like essentially can turn them into a factory so that you can survive easier because this is a survival crafting game at its core. It's not a Pokemon game where you're going around and getting badges and stuff, even though you have these pals. Um, but yeah, like pretty quickly after it uh, launched, it started to take off. And I think it has reached the point now where it is a machine almost like feeding itself. Uh, people were interested in this game. They have been since its 2021 reveal because of the Pokemon with guns angle. Um, and I also think Survivor survival genre does really well um, in the internet and with internet culture and Twitch streaming and that kind of stuff. Um, I think it just plays really well to internet gaming and stuff. Um, but yeah, pretty quickly after its launch, it hit uh, a a million copies sold in eight hours on Steam alone, um, which this is also on Game Pass on Xbox, and we're not really getting those numbers. So the numbers I'm going to be talking about now, which are meteoric, are just strictly Steam sales. And I think the game is like 28 bucks on Steam. Yeah, um, and the game is an early access, so it's yes. not, yeah. it's technically not done. Yeah. Uh, um. Crossed 2 million copies in 24 hours. Uh, and then it, at that point, it was already in the 10th highest all-time peak, peak of Steam concurrent players, which for an independent team, uh, I, I mean, that's you you can't ask for anything better. Um, they were probably freaking out on launch day about how well things were going. And I know there were server issues and they had an emergency meeting with Epic to like figure out how to get these servers working better. And all that kind of yeah, stuff. Which is pretty wild when you yeah. think about that. Like they yeah. have the clout to pull Epic and be like, hey, we need to figure this out now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, three million copies sold in 40 hours. Four million copies sold in three days. And I believe the latest update was today. Oh, actually, uh, three days, it sold five million copies. That number is extremely important because PlayStation 5, Marvel Spider-Man 2, the best selling first party game from Sony took 11 days to sell 5 million copies. So this game, this game did it in three days. Marvel Spider-Man two, arguably the most popular and well-known superhero of all time sold that many on a first party system in 11 days, which is like, if I, if I was at pocket pair, which is the developer, I would be like, all right, everyone, we are good. We are going to just, this game will live forever like this. We're going to take our cuts. I'm peacing out. Like, I'm set for life. <laughs> you're you're yeah, good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. cashing my chips. Yeah, for real. Like, there's no reason to, it's, 
absurd. To finish the game. <laughs> yeah, like you you did it. Um, and then today was the latest sales update. Six million copies in four days. Uh, it's peak concurrent has overpassed eight other games. It is now the second highest peak all time on Steam, um, which it surpassed Counter-Strike 2 uh, to do so. The only one above it is PUBG. Um, I don't want to say never, but I don't think it's going to surpass PUBG. That's 3.2 million concurrent players. Right now it's at 1.8-ish million, so it would need to almost double, um, which is possible given the trajectory. But I don't know. 3.2 million is wild, and PUBG was uh, a phenomenon that lasted over an entire year. We'll see if Power World does that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of setting the stage for um, Power World and why you probably can't escape it on the internet. And I think it's part of the reason the sales are happening. I think it's one of those instances that's extremely rare for any studio where you have a good enough game that people like it and they talk about it. And then now, now the the quality of game matters less so than just the the dis, the discourse and people talking about it. Like enough people are talking the about FOMO it. FOMO of it yeah, all. That people yeah. are buying it. And now it's just the discussion is feeding sales to this game. And I'm not saying that I haven't played the game. I'm not going to say it's like a bad game. It doesn't deserve 6 million sales or whatever. But like, I think it's clear that the reason this game's trajectory keeps going up is less to do with like, wow, this is a game you cannot miss this generation. It's one of the best things I've ever played. And more just like, I can't escape this word. What is this game? It's 28 bucks <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Steam. It's on Game Pass. Let me pick it up. Which notably... Six million sold on Steam. We don't know Game Pass numbers. You're probably adding at least another million. Like, it it cannot be overstated how well Pocket Pair is doing um, because of this game's instant success. However, once you get six million eyes on your game, that already drew a lot of similarities to Pokemon. Uh, the internet did what the internet does, and that is <laughs> sleuthed around um, to find a lot of similarities. Uh, before I jump into all this, I just want to say, if I sound like I'm making a definitive claim, I don't intend to. There's so much with this game. I don't want to. I don't want to call it one way or the other. Um, and I've reached out to Pocket Pair, and I'm hoping to hear back to kind of get some clarification on stuff. Have not heard yeah, back. It's from like at them. the time that, at the time we're recording this, like anything like accusatory is like unsubstantiated, which yes. is like the big thing. Like nothing has been proven as fact. It's yeah. all just been. It's a lot of people mostly pointing fingers on the internet yeah yes yeah. um and the reason that's happening is uh i guess i should dive into the history of this studio not the history but so two prior games released before power world the first one is called craftopia and it was released where is my notes 2020 on? yes i believe in, in early access yeah and if you've seen anything about craftopia it looks a lot like nintendo's breath of the wild um in various ways uh, and some people think that it's a blatant ripoff slash clone. Some people think it's like actually taking models from the game, tweaking them a bit, and then putting them in Craftopia. And other people are like, look, you can you can be inspired by games as massive as Breath of the Wild, and that's what happened with this dev. Nintendo didn't sue them, so I'm inclined to believe that whatever blatancy or cloning or ripoffs that people think is in uh, Craftopia is not... Uh, illegal. It's like legally distinct enough because if Nintendo has a lawsuit, they will make it happen. Like their lawyers, yeah, like they will. No matter how small you are, they they find yes. you somehow yeah. sooner or later. The, the yeah. person that did 
the ROM hacks, the uh, they were selling Nintendo ROMs, which of course is legal. Uh, they're in jail for like 40 months. Uh, like Nintendo does not mess around. There's no slap on the yeah. wrist. Isn't him. he? Isn't he also the same person as like even when he gets out of jail, he like has to pay a percentage. 40 percent, 40 to, or 30 percent of his income has to go towards paying off his fine because it's like a million plus dollars or something like that. Basically means he's like he owes them for life. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's pretty yeah. much done. Yeah. yeah. So Nintendo does not mess around with this stuff. So I think Craftopia got off the hook. But Craftopia is being brought back into the discussion because people are finding the same thing with Power World where it's like, some people are saying, wow, this is, they're just blatantly copying Pokemon. Other people are saying, these are the same models, you guys. Like, they just ripped straight from Pokemon games and are just tweaking them a bit. Other people are saying this is AI-fed imagery. And then there's people who are um, saying that, like, look, it is perhaps uninspired, but, like, you're allowed to do this. You can get away with this, and they are getting away with it so far. And it's just Pokemon. It's the biggest brand in the world. It's going to be fine. Blah, blah, blah. I kind of hate... I, I'm not here to like uh, protect a billion dollar corporation, but I do kind of hate the discussion about like, it's Pokemon. Who cares if they get ripped off? Only because like, yeah, Pokemon is a billion dollar company and IP, but like there's still artists who are making these designs. And I don't think artists should rip off other artists. Like somebody created Charizard, a, a single person or maybe a team of people put their heads together and made that design. That doesn't mean, just because it's extremely popular doesn't mean it deserves to be ripped off um but that's it's like a thing of like the the more successful you are the more it's okay to steal from you yeah it's <laughs> i like which i was like i don't think that's a good attitude to have either yeah because where's the line you draw and it's like it's it's a whole yeah it gets messy yeah, yeah. um so basically i guess diving into like the, the different parts of the discussion uh and i have a, a big write-up on gameinformer.com if you want to see like actual examples because there's a ton there are like very very similar designs of pals uh, that look just like pokemon um sometimes i am like oh i think that's just inspiration yeah they're both cats they both have an interesting smile like a cheshire cat i don't know if i see it but then there's other instances where it's like oh that's like the same i think i could place those on top of each other and i wouldn't see a difference except for the yeah, color it's like it's the it's the same idea idea of like okay this is like a firefox with like a witch hat and yeah this one also kind of has a similar like that's a very specific idea yes to, to you know use right yeah and i mean you know that's it's not for me to decide if if someone buying this game is okay with that kind of inspiration or unoriginal design but there's a yeah and i and i think honestly before you leave that point like if there is any like proof of actual wrongdoing, I don't think the onus is on the player. Yes. Know, like at the end of the day, <laughs> sure. that's the developer. Like I don't, I don't like the idea of like if you play this game, you're a terrible person because at the end of the day, people are having fun with it, and yeah. it's like as weird as it sounds. Like uh, like of like you shouldn't support this, you shouldn't be playing this. Da, 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 da. It's like. I mean, people buy bootleg toys and DVDs all the time. Not saying it's great, but they're having fun. Again, it's on the creator to not be shady. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Pandora's box has been open. You can't do anything now that the genie's out. If people are having fun with it, just, yeah, they are. They are not the problem, basically. And like, they did not commit the crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It's um, and it has become this weird conversation on Twitter, which you know is a uh, well-known great place for discussion about games. <laughs> yeah, nuanced discussion. Yes, too, yes. Uh, where it's yeah. like there's like Power World versus if you 
have a problem with Power World, you're in the pocket of Nintendo. And if it's this whole thing, and it's just like <laughs> a lot of the absolutes. Yeah. It's come, like oh, sure. there's, yeah, give it some time. It's been six days. Um, but <laughs> so we've got these uh, perhaps unoriginal, maybe uninspired designs. And now people probably much, certainly much smarter than me, because I don't even know how you would do this, are getting the models of the Pokemon from recent Pokemon games and the models from Power World which I guess is like you got to go into the back end of these games and do that. I don't know how to do it. Um, and they're putting the models on top of each other, and they are like, in a lot of instances, 99% the same. So some people are like, okay, they clearly are just straight up ripping the model out of these Pokemon games and then tweaking them in their game to be different looking enough. Um, and now there's like a whole discussion where it's like, well, actually, you don't have to rip the model. There's a thing in development called tracing where you can like trace models, and it's fine to do and now people think it's that. Again, we just have no proof. We have no evidence of this. People have, I'm sure I'm not the only person at a game site who has reached out to the developer. I'm sure they're inundated with emails trying to get any clarification. Um, so we'll see. The last piece yeah, of the puzzle. They did, they, they oh. did have some response online where yeah. the, the founder, who was the person I actually interviewed for a piece that I did on on the team basically uh last year yeah, back, back when it was still is this a real game marcus wrote i mean honestly feature. not to toot my own horn but i was probably the first on the scene to be like i think this might be something yeah. i want to talk to the team about it because yeah. <laughs> i didn't see anyone else have any sort of like yeah. interview yeah, with man. them should, um yeah. but yeah so i was like see, I that's the uh, but, uh, <laughs> CEO mizobi mizobi yeah yeah okay um but apparently he got on Twitter saying that the team's been getting death threats from people. Like that was kind of like one of the few times he's responded to this controversy, basically saying like, hey, if you have a problem, aim it at me. I'm the studio head. Don't please don't threaten the artist and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a translation by Video Games Chronicle, uh, which is another site out there. That's great. And because uh, Mizobi's tweet was in Japanese, he basically said, we are currently receiving abusive and defamatory comments against our artists. In addition to tweets that appear to be death threats. So not quite a, 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 uh, addressing any of these specific accusations. Um, and then his next part no. is kind of weird to me too, or interesting at least. While we have received various opinions about Power World, it is important to note that the supervision of all materials related to Power World is conducted by a team, including myself. I bear the responsibility for the produced materials. I would appreciate it if these comments towards artists involved in Power World would, would cease. Uh, so again, not kind of just talking around the specific accusations which is leading people to, I mean, all we can do is uh, discuss it and and come up with our own possibilities until they right. confirm one thing or the other. They can't say anything at this point. They can't yeah. like, like uh, nakedly address uh, anyone's criticisms because if any lawsuit were to occur in the future, which I don't even know if it's really heading in that direction, if I'm being honest, like, I, they can't. They can't have documented pieces of things online of them like addressing it in any way. Like they have to save those yeah. discussions for a court, you know. But yeah. I so like I understand him sort of talking around things, but also being like, "Don't give us death threats. We don't want those." Uh, for sure. Please, like yeah. that's a very reasonable thing to request that people stop uh, pushing towards them. Yeah, even if you yeah. even if they did straight up rip models from a game like. Yeah, you don't deserve death threats for no, God, no. uh, doing that. Like, don't definitely yeah, don't do like, that. Um, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's not great, but it's not like oh my God, punishable by death. Yeah, and so like the lack of clarification or the lack of just knowing truly what it is uh, 
how these designs came about has led people to a, a third option and perhaps the most nefarious if it ends up being the case. Um, so in 2022, they put out a game called AI Art Imposter, which uses like AI art um, generation to play the game. Didn't really blow up, didn't really become a thing, but it kind of matters in the conversation now because some people think that these PAL designs are the work of like generative AI, such as Midjourney, where you can plug in, um, I want a monster that looks kind of like Pikachu from Pokemon, but has a blue color scheme instead of a yellow color scheme. And then it shoots that out. And ideally it's different enough to not be Pikachu, but uh, generative AI is, I think a lot of people can see when it is AI versus not. Um, so some people think that is what is maybe what's going on here. And then when they look back at the studio's history, they find AI art imposter, which, uh, you know, this team is using, has a game that uses a generative AI. So they're okay with it to an extent. And then they've also found other tweets and like, uh, talks that the CEO has done where he kind of is okay with generative AI, um, which is a very hot topic and controversial uh, thing in games industry, in the games industry and just the tech world in general, uh, especially as it relates to copyright and where generative AI gets its knowledge from. It's usually from artists that it's not crediting, which is the issue. Someone did bring up on Twitter, I forgot who it was, but they brought up a good point where they're like, given the studio sort of like, like they have a straight up game that uses AI like it's in the title and it's in the Steam description of light like they're not afraid to say clearly that their game uses AI so why would they be with Palworld to kind of like yeah. possibly debunk the AI thing like I think if it had AI they would just say it because they clearly are okay with saying if a game has it that yeah, they've made that yeah I uh, I only mention this because it's one of the main accusations being thrown around and again we just don't know I'm inclined to believe that Palworld is probably going to get is probably fine in terms like in the eyes of Nintendo. This isn't a, a game that came out of nowhere. It kind of did, but the reveal I mean, it's was been around for like I said years. Yeah, the reveal yeah, was Marcus told us about it like you know <laughs> six months ago. Yeah, yeah I, did, uh, I premiered it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the discussion around this game from the jump has been Pokemon with guns. Like yes, people were yeah. connecting those dots from the beginning, and there's no world where Nintendo didn't see this game and maybe question it. I'm, and I don't think it takes. I, mean, I straight up. I should have asked Mazobi if they were ever worried about Nintendo. And he said, like, no, we we're good. We don't have any, we don't think we have anything to worry about. Like they he made it sound like like we've ensured that like our our creatures or our world is distinct enough to where like he seemed like completely unworried that Nintendo would come after him, which probably I mean like that must mean something, right? Yeah. <laughs> like which... they must have done their homework of like how far can we bump against the line without going over it? For all we know, they might have had coffee because Jordan Midler, uh, who is a great writer over at Video Games Chronicle, pointed out it was uh, this tweet that went viral over the weekend. Pocket Pair's headquarters is 10 minutes away from the headquarters of the Pokemon company in Japan. So like they might have had tea and been like, look, I know it's pretty similar, but I promise we're good. Well, let's talk it out. Who knows? Um but all yeah, of like this the is like Nintendo has had every opportunity to yeah. completely stomp this into the dirt. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if I, I guys, I bet I bet Nintendo is more interested in getting Pal World on the Switch <laughs> than they Honestly, are. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that that's probably amazing. what they would rather be doing than and arguing I, about something like this. Yeah. And that's it kind of that kind of speaks to like what I think is happening in general here, which is there's one side of power world where you're like okay what's going on here this is like kind of an original and kind of lame to do but then the other half is like people who were like man 
look at the past Pokemon games. We got Scarlet and Violet. They that's a billion dollar company making Switch exclusives, and they run like trash. They aren't great looking. And this independent team has made in a survival genre a Pokemon game that like people have dreamed about, which is like this. It's very pretty. It's the models look great. There's lots of cool looking pals to collect and have fun with. And I think people are just like kind of yearning for this. Like they want the Pokemon company to make something like this instead of a game that chugs at like 12 frames per second on switch sometimes. Um, And I think that's why Pokemon got brought into this discussion to begin with, because I like you guys mentioned um, last week and, and anyone who's played it knows like this isn't a Pokemon game when you play it. It's a, yeah, it really isn't like, yeah. There are pals. I mean, just yeah. to to sort of step aside into more just like gameplay experience. I I had a moment of like, all right, let me check this thing out. Let me get it downloaded. Let me sign in. And it took a couple tries because the servers were getting hammered. And it was pretty quickly. I was like, oh, this is like a punch trees get wood game. I didn't realize that's what this was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I think I, I might step out. Uh, thank you, thank you <laughs> for your time. <laughs> yeah. And the last piece of uh, not evidence but puzzle piece I want to add to this discussion. Uh, because some people are like, maybe Nintendo is not watching. Who knows like what Nintendo's thinking? Uh, somebody had a Pokemon Pal World mod ready to go uh, oh, yesterday. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Um, it went viral. Uh, people, it was just Pokemon and Ash Ketchum in Pal World. And it actually looked pretty cool. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a very yeah, pretty Pokemon looking game. Like, oh, that's the thing I've always wanted since I was a kid. Right. Yeah. And that was taken down. Uh, yesterday night or this morning and the person that posted already has tweeted like nintendo has come for me uh please leave me in your thoughts and prayers <laughs> what an, like what an ominous statement nintendo has come for me <laughs> oh i'd be t- i'd be terrified um but oh like, yeah after that other kid the, the one that's paying yeah, the money for the rest of his life yeah gary bowser but yeah it's <laughs> oh, clear nintendo nintendo is watching like somebody is aware of power world and what it's doing because the second pokemon got put into it by mod it's gone. Like that person's probably going to be in trouble, and that mod is, you can't even watch the video on Twitter anymore. Yeah, we um, will never see that person ever again. Possibly, yes. <laughs> they're they're hanging out in a room underground with the GTA Six leaker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is, is um now? that is this wild journey of Power World. It's one of those games where I know every morning when I log on for work, I probably have a Power World story or update to write whether it be sales or some other accusation or maybe pocket pair announces something like who knows, but it's always fascinating to watch this kind of stuff happen and see a game, take the internet by storm and then watch how it feeds itself and just continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brought an interesting discussion about like, cause another defense for this game is that it's a parody game of Pokemon, which is, that's the vibe I always got from it, from the trailers. Like, Hey, you know, Pokemon's cute and innocent. What if we just, made it dark by having guns and it's kind of like a dark humor and just the discussion of like how how far does parody go uh how far does inspiration go which i think has always been a question for a lot of games because like so many games now especially like on the indie scene that are like oh i love symphony of the night castlevania i'll make my own one of that because there isn't there isn't one and then you're like man that's this is pretty much just Castlevania. It's got a lot of the same stuff. And there's been plenty of Pokemon style games. And what was that MMO Temtem that's out there and stuff like yeah, this? I've, is seen, not, like, I've seen memes of people being like, this feels familiar. And then it's just like, yeah, we just went through this with Temtem. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, I think like, again, until anything is proven definitively, 
it seems relatively fair to assume that legally everything is cool with Power World. I'm using Nintendo as the bar for next. Again, if Nintendo found something and they've had years to find something, it, it, it would be done. We would not see the Power World would not see the light of day. And so far, yeah. it's doing fine. But especially seeing them jump on that mod so quick, I was like, okay, so they're watching this game now that it's out in the wild. Yeah. And that's the only thing that they jumped on was the the clearly yeah i mean that's, that's the other mod. thing about that mod it's like as fun as it is and as much as i would like it to exist it's like well but yeah i mean i think that's, we can all agree that that did cross a line <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's like, I mean. what you think was gonna happen kind of a thing yeah there's also yeah. like it isn't i don't i don't know how xbox works now game pass works but the fact that this is on game pass i you gotta believe that xbox did some and microsoft did some kind of check right like they wouldn't put anything that is going to get them in trouble with Nintendo, one of the other three giants in gaming. Uh, I don't know if they're digging into the models and being like, did you take the same wireframe as this? But like somebody looked at it and was like, okay, we can give this the green light to be on our extremely popular subscription service that uh, millions of people will see. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think also like, I guess to my point, it's like legally, let's assume Power Road is right. At the same time, I get why people are upset because legal doesn't necessarily mean good. You know, that it, like just because something legal doesn't mean it's right. And I get people being upset of like, oh, this game seems like it has a, a lack of creativity and and whatever. And that's probably true. I mean, I'm not a big Pokemon guy. I only know like first gen. So like a lot of the comparisons go over my head because I just I'm not as familiar with like the vast majority of Pokemon. Um, but I've seen like the side by sides and I'll go like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't look at that as like fraudulent, I guess. I kind of look more of it as like, oh, OK, maybe that's just more creatively bankrupt than anything. Sure. But again, that's not that's like kind of lame, but it's not illegal because there's so many games. And again, I'm not saying that this is great, but like there's so many straight up copycat games on like the app store alone. You know, they just take if anything blows up there, it's like, oh, this is just the same thing, but we use different art assets, but it's the same thing or it's barely different. Like that's been going on in games forever. It will go on in games to the end of time, <clears throat> basically. Yeah. Um, so like Power World is, is far from unique in that sense. Again, it's as long as it doesn't cross any legal lines, they can do it. And I think the other thing. So I mean, but also if you have a problem with it from like a creativity standpoint, I don't think you're wrong or should be attacked for that either, you know? Um, I, I think that, um, the, oh God, I had a point and it, I think it just flew out of my head, <laughs> um, but I'm too busy thinking about fake Pikachu, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, it's a weird man. I, I am curious to watch it and I'm, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a period in the, in the, I'm guessing near future where the discussion around the game is focused on the game at self and what it is and what it is doing that's that's what i was gonna say actually okay Which is not, i think it was it's not i happening. think it was dinga not yet i think it was no. dinga at arcane when he weighed in that he brought up yes. like even if the game obviously takes a bunch of stuff from other games which is basically also other video games at this point yeah so that's games, again yeah. far from a unique thing he's like at the end of the day it, it still has to be fun and clearly people are having like fun playing it like it's not like people are just checking out grass people are like no no I've seen a lot of people online being like, I don't like Pokemon or I don't like survival games and I'm having a blast with this. Mm. So like Dingo was saying like, they have to do something right. Like even if they took a bunch of ideas, they still have to slap them together in a way that is actually fun and not just a cash grab. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You were saying you can can copy and paste, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a game that people enjoy playing and people are enjoying playing this still. 
Yeah, it's like so they had to they still had to mix the ingredients in a, in a way to make a tasty dish. So, you know, I guess they deserve credit in that respect. But yeah, it's a very interesting game. There's there's I, I it's one of those things again, nuance of Twitter is like, I don't think anyone's like necessarily wrong here. I, I, there's like credible, like everyone has like credible points on both sides. They just have to stop screaming at each other long enough to see the <laughs> other sides, you know, point and go like, oh, I see what you mean. Maybe I disagree, but I see where you mean where you're coming with that. Um, I'm very curious to see if they come out with like a official official response to be like, no, we didn't do any of this stuff that you think that we did. Leave us alone, please. <laughs> Leave or, us alone, yeah. please. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I wonder like, Adam, we are super ingrained in this kind of discussion. Like it's part of our jobs. And then also like, it's our hobby that we love a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if like the, of the, a lot of the millions of people that are playing this game aren't even, they might come out and be like, it is AI generative art or it, you know, this or that. I don't know. There's a lot of people that aren't even going to see that or care to be honest. So like it is always, I, I just try to take a step back. The discussion gets so heated sometimes online and in gaming uh, specifically communities. And it's like, we don't have to, we don't have to get this intense. It's been six days. Like we can let, let's let things play out. We'll see where it is. And then when we have like some facts and some evidence, then maybe we get back to the discussion. But um, I guess that is, yeah, I I know that's me asking too much of Twitter. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. for sure. (laughs) I'm kind of in a, like, if people having fun with it, let them have their fun. Again, it's not on them to fix the game or make it (laughs) legal, quote unquote. Like, I'm not here to stomp on people's fun. That's, you know, I get being bummed out about like, oh man, what is this going to set a precedent where you can just steal work and be a success? It's like, no, because a lot of people steal work and, People steal work all the time in games and you do not hear about it because it fails or just yeah. doesn't game I mean, tractions. We, <laughs> we all forgot Fortnite. Uh, just the wholesale yeah. took a, a genre. Yeah, PUBG. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. overnight. I mean, yeah. Like, Remember, yeah, um, people were initially like, hey, didn't they just? And then they shut up real quick. And, and then not, people again, were like, well, that's right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, like, didn't but, PUBG get it from Hunger Games? Didn't Hunger Games get it from the Battle Royale, Battle Royale. manga? Battle Royale. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll, part I'll of always I'll always be forever just a little bitter about Fortnite. Just really wholesale. I mean, honest to God, ripping off. PUBG. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely did. Yeah. I, they, I they certainly maintained their success, founder. and they're like they're good designers, and they did a great version of it. But there's no denying that they just they they saw a popular mode and took it <laughs> and ran with it. You know, <laughs> I, that's just what happened. I love Fortnite. I play it a lot. Yeah, Fortnite's and, super um, fun. I often think about how much it has changed gaming, perhaps in a way I'm not sure. I Like, Fortnite has ingrained battle passes into uh, gaming. And now, I love the Fortnite battle pass. I buy it every season and I max it out. But now when I hear a game has a battle pass, I'm like, oh, really? Another one of these? <laughs> Fortnite, why did you get popular enough where every game thinks they need to have this? Why? It's Fortnite for all... I like it a lot, but man, yeah. What happened? What, what's that universe where it didn't ape uh, yeah, PUBG hey, like? If it makes you feel better, Power World, no battle pass. Oh, that does one, make me one feel thing, better. The one honestly. thing they didn't steal. Oh, I'm just kidding. For now, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Like they, this is early access. That's another yeah. aspect I wish people were. To, I want to know. The game's not even technically out. Yeah, like how early yeah, access like is this game? I don't. 
There's, it's pretty early. I, I loaded up last time and my character was a T pose for a little bit when I was moving around. Oh, no, <laughs> so it's the, it's 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 still it's it's an early access game. It shows, but you know, yeah. All right. Well, how about we exit early access or exit the, the that analogy barely worked. How about we do some <laughs> housekeeping? <laughs> Nailed Yay! it eventually, which is fully out. Hey, everyone. Single issues of Game Informer. You can pick them up right now at GameStop.com or by visiting your local GameStop. Did you know that they're just $7.99 each and they're a great way to support Game Informer? Our current issue is there right now, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. You can go and get a cool issue of Sephiroth surrounded by fire and then clouds on the back. And he's got fire, too. They're sharing the fire. That's pretty cool. You should go uh, pick that up. Be a great way to support us. Also, you can follow us on social media. We are on everything. X, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Threads, uh, Blue Sky. Yeah. Hive, I guess, still, right, Kyle? Uh, no, I haven't updated Hive in a long time. But Threads but and Blue Sky, te- I we still are put all the reviews there. up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go there. <laughs> so please give us a follow there to keep up to date on everything that we're doing. Uh, we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Uh, we are streaming our latest Super Replay series, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, playing it from front to back. Uh, that one's been really popular, Kyle. I don't know if you've seen, but that's yeah. going well. I, are... I've been looking forward to it every week. It's uh, it's I love that game. Marcus has never played that game, so it's been fun to just kind of you know, be in the backseat and try not to give him too many hints about puzzle solutions. <laughs> every, the, if, you, if you don't turn in that stream, know that every 10 minutes, I'm like, am I telling you too much? Should I let you get lost on your own? <laughs> it's very self-conscious about it, yeah. which I appreciate. Uh, so yeah, uh, tune in every uh, Friday for that. Uh, also, you can check out our other podcast, all things Nintendo starring Brian Shea. And also, you can follow us individually on social media. I'm at Marcus Stewart Seven on X and Blue Sky. Kyle, where can people follow you? Uh, Kyle M Hilliard on Twitter. Kyle Hilliard on Blue Sky. Yeah, I post to both actually. So I'm on both nice. of them. Wesley, where can people hit you up? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LeBlanc West, Instagram at my name, which is Wesley LeBlanc, and then go on GameInformer.com and read some stuff I've written. Heck yeah. Go to GameFromWord.com and read all of the stuff that we've written. Yeah. And of course, last but not least, super special shout out to our amazing podcast editor, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Storm again. Check out their podcast, Fun and Games, as well as Reignite, which is a Bioware-focused podcast, as Wesley throws up the rock horns and gets a <laughs> club scene, which oh, was, funny. I guess, to stay on topic, it, it could be the club from like a Mass Effect game when you go in there and you do commander shepherd's like weird little dance <laughs> yes <laughs> that sounds pretty for. great yeah exactly so again thanks matt for everything that you do and yeah let's take the show home with a few listener questions if you want to influence the show you can either email us questions at podcast at gameinformer.com or you can join our discord which all you got to do to join the discord channel is subscribe to our twitch channel that i mentioned before just one time and you can hop into Discord, hang out with the GI community as well as the editors, and you can do things like ask us amazing questions that we will address here on this podcast, starting with Legend of Gamer 102 in Discord asking, like a dragon show to series can switch names and genres if done well, what other games could use a similar treatment to freshen them up a bit? Well, I don't really I don't want more name changes. 
I don't love that Yakuza changed its name to like a dragon. I, I they wait. Is that what you're is that what you're focusing on? Well, I'm name? just saying. I I don't necessarily. I don't know if they were successful at that part of it. Honestly, you know, because we still get a, we always pause when we call it two names all the time. And if we're, I was like, wait, are you talking about seven? Or are you talking about the series? So I'm just saying, I don't know if they were successful there. But genre flipping, that part, that part's interesting. Yeah, I think. Final Fantasy should go from action combat to turn-based combat. Kind of like <laughs> oh, I, I think it would Tell be a, more. I think it'd be a good turn for the series. Um, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be fresh, it'd be new. Uh and maybe they could also go from super high def realistic graphics to like a pixel art style. Maybe throw it back oh, a bit. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Maybe they could call it what, Chrono Trigger and just remake Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there are a number of RPGs that ended up kind of going the action route. Final Fantasy, maybe the most extreme, just because like turn-based combat was for a long time just a product of limitations. Yeah. So when they could mm-hmm. finally start doing action combat, many did, some more successfully than others. Um, but yeah, 16 was like swaying too far, I think, almost. Like it, 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 was, it was too, too action-y almost, I think. What if you made on the you the opposite of it? You took Devil May Cry and you made it a turn based action game or a turn based RPG. I mean, that'd be kind of um, interesting. I think the so you got a party. Yeah, you got a little party of Dante and Virgil and like you know Trish, and then you select commands, and then but the, you have to select commands in a in a stylish way because you're still getting graded at the end of your battles. So you have like a S ranked turn based battle. I play it. God, there were there were like two games that were that were like. Hardcore strategy PCRPGs Shadow Gate. Is that what I'm thinking of? That like they had like they had one entry that were multiplayer first person shooters, which was like it's always that's like a funky thing when that happens. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Am I making things up? Mm-hmm. Is it called Shadow Gate? I'm not familiar. Okay. Eh, maybe I'm crazy. That sounds like a video game title though. Shadow something. Yeah, there was like a there was a there was a game that was on three three sixty. That was like an online multiplayer shooter, and it was born from its original entries were all RPGs. Um, the shooter was not particularly successful. I, I'm sorry to break it to everybody. <laughs> you know what always surprised me is uh, remember Gears Tactics? I thought that was like a surprisingly good genre. Flip. Oh yeah, people really liked that. Yeah, that was like one of those things. Where like, oh yeah, this this turns out the behind the cover shooter works well in a turn based strategy game where you got to hide behind cover like XCOM. <laughs> Uh, Prince of Persia going into Metroidvania was very successful, but that was kind of like a blurring of lines rather than a genre switch, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I would like, uh, it was supposed to happen, but um, on Vita, I think, or maybe PSP, but Bioshock, that Bioshock like tactics isometric thing that got oh. canned. I think it was a Vita game. It was supposed to be a Vita oh. game. Just because I don't want to go back to Rapture, uh, maybe ever again, certainly not from a first person shooter standpoint. But I would I would be cool with Rapture from like an isometric tactic standpoint, doing something with like the splicers and like Rapture is a world I'm always fine with going back to to explore. I don't want to do it from a first person shooter perspective, but like mm. that's a sick setting. Um, and I think if we got that tactics game, that'd be really cool. You have enough enemies to be like you like big daddy units would be really powerful. Yeah, you like deploy them and then sisters come in, little sisters come in and like heal and it, yeah, you got to take the sisters out first. You know, yeah. Stop the only yeah, they're like hiding behind the big daddies. I'd, I'd play Bioshock Tactics. Yeah. Well, you pitched <laughs> okay. a cool game here. Hey, you listening to uh, 
Cloud Cloud Chamber? <laughs> when they're making the new Bioshock? The parody. Uh, oh, I, yeah. oh, I'm they got back to us. They said we're busy working on the uh. next Bioshock. <laughs> Please leave us And now alone. we have to scrap it because we heard this great idea. And so, uh. so we got we're gonna do a change of pace. Uh let's see here. This is a quick oh, Legend Gator side question for me personally, uh asking while we weren't questing for Nick and Tom and Nick Mysterio, how do you feel about WWE 2K24 going for 40 years of WrestleMania and about its cover athletes? Personally, I'm really excited. I won't bore you guys. I'm excited, too. Cody Rhodes <laughs> looks good on that cover. Those covers look good. I know you guys saw them in that story. I wrote. That's probably maybe some of the best covers they've ever done. I like they're kind of changing up the layout a bit. And yeah, 40 years of WrestleMania. Heck yeah, let's go. Hopefully they pick some uh, good matches for that showcase mode. All right, King Autry via Discord asks, what current IP would you want to be made into a Metroidvania and who would you like to see make it? Kind of like Prince of Persia, Lost Crown style. Uh, by the way, Shadow Run was the game I was thinking. Oh, oh well, yeah, I know what Shadow Run is. Shadow That's Run. like fantasy yeah. meets cyberpunk or something. Yeah, yeah. they did that. Uh, I remember yeah, they did that weird shooter that I guess people didn't really didn't gel, gel with. with. Yeah, But yeah, pl- mm-hmm. so platformers that we would like to see get the metroid treatment yeah any ip i think um i was thinking about this for this last question actually maybe a superhero like spider-man or batman because they they kind of started as 2d games back on like nes and snes and that's because they had to be but i think it'd be cool to play as those characters from a not third person action perspective and just to see what they can do especially batman and spider-man because they're so gadget and move focused as opposed to like brute strength um Mm. I think it'd be cool to, well, to play a well-known <laughs> character like that. Well, Wesley, what if I told you that the Batman version of that actually exists? Oh, is that is that what Blackgate is? Yeah, that is what Blackgate was. Yeah. Is it or, good? Yeah, attempted to be. No. Okay, well, I want a good one. <laughs> we build you up and we did. break you down. I'm sorry. Uh, they did try it. Yeah, I think yeah. Min-Max, I think they played that recently with the sort of thesis. Oh. I think they streamed it, Matt, Ben Hansen, with the thesis of like, this has to be good. Right? You know, <laughs> like, how did we all sleep on this? Surely this is good. Yeah. I forgot that because that was in Rocksteady, right? They no, passed uh, studio. Was that, it was the they... Metroid Prime folks. It was like, it was like an offshoot. It was like people was it who retro? worked on. No, it was like former retro. Oh, okay. Which is like impressive, right? It was like, yeah, they did that. Right. And then and now that it's a Xbox game Rocksteady will game. never acknowledge, like Arkham yeah. Origins. Actually, Blackgate is an Origins spinoff, it right? It came out the same time as yeah. Origins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those aren't actual Arkham games, Rocksteady says, so <laughs> yeah. who cares? Yeah, like, who are those? Yeah, um, yeah uh, hmm. I mean, that's a good pull, like superhero games and stuff like that. You know, I feel like, as weird as the sound, the Flash could be cool for that, just for like, high-speed navigation in a metroidvania mm, yeah, if you could yeah make if you could do level design to kind of facilitate that in a way we were like really zipping around just finding stuff and then you could do things like vibrate through walls instead of having to find a key or a power you're like oh i could just vibrate through this wall and now i'm here let the uh, cool idea, let the yeah. disney illusion island team did it they made a really good good metroidvania without combat it's all about movement which i think yeah. would work for a flash game yeah. yeah, Flash famously non-combative. Is that true? I don't really know the Flash. <laughs> no, he, he beats the crap out yeah. of Oh, he punches people. Okay, <laughs> a lot of punches. Yeah, what about you, Kyle? I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking of like, what are some platformers that I love that I would like to see 
like maybe like Meat Boy, and then I was like, well, maybe like Rayman. I was like, well, yeah, but that, that's that's almost what Prince of Persia is to a degree, because that's like yeah. the Rayman team, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you guys had good answers. I would love a I would love a good Batman one. I think that'd be super cool if if someone could pull that off. Yeah. All right, we'll ask one more question. Uh, we'll save the rest for next week, but I figured we could tie this into our power of discussion, and we'll say, uh, actually. Zachary Plaguey via Discord asking, with Pal World sparking popularity, do you think we'd ever see a Digimon game of that size or caliber, or the size and caliber of, say, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Were you guys big Digimon people? Because I was a huge Digimon kid growing up. I liked up. it a good bit growing up, but it didn't stick with me uh, into my teenage and adult years. But I mean, what is what is Digimon that's not Pokemon? I mean, couldn't you just point to everything? Power? But I mean, like in the video games, like we're, I'm genuinely asking. I'm not being sarcastic. Like I knew the show, and and they sort of focused on like kids having creatures. I know they weren't like capturing creatures, right? Each one had their own that could They're actually sort of transform yeah, in different monsters, ways. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, what what would what was like a, a what were the original Digimon games? How did they separate themselves from Pokemon? I never played them. They were a lot more when I think of like uh, Digimon. Uh, God, what were they called on P- PlayStation One? Digimon Adventures, something. Something like that. But they were right. weird, like kind of creature raising games where you got a digi egg and you had to almost kind of like Tamagotchi style feed it, and depending on how you raised it, it would become a Digimon, which I didn't like as a kid because I I thought I I basically just wanted a game version of the show of like okay I'm a kid. I got a Digimon partner. We go on an adventure across the Digimon world together and save the world. And that one was a lot more slower place. Like, here's an egg, raise it. And then I don't know, go do stuff. And then because of the variables of like the Digimon, like depending on how you raised it, you would get a different Digimon. So even though I wanted Agumon, who was like the, the main Digimon, he's like the orange kind of like mini T-Rex. Right. You ever yeah. See him? yeah. I wanted him because he's like the coolest one to me. And I had his egg and everything. And I, and then he hatched. And I had the, the the basic form where we they're just like heads, but then he digivolved into like a different Digimon for some reason, and I was like, "What the? What is this?" And I guess because I didn't raise him correctly, but I didn't know it as a kid, so I was like really disappointed and also very confused. Um, but yeah, that was more or less what those earlier games were basically. And now they're like detective visual novels. Is like what the Digimon. Oh yeah, that is most now, recent right? one. There's yeah, like two, survive. right? Aren't there? Well. The last was it called Digimon Survive? Yeah. Something like it was like a visual novel slash turn-based strategy game. Weird. Um, yeah. they had been in development for like tactical RPG like. hybrid visual novel. Yeah, I remember being excited for that one because premise-wise, it was what I wanted from like the show. But then, and I like turn-based strategy, but I was like, I don't know if I want that for Digimon. So yeah. to answer, your, I don't know if I don't know if Pal if Digimon has the popularity and like the money to do something the scale of like Scarlet Violet or power world but i guess pocket pair is like an indie studio so i mean i'm not saying they didn't have like some cash behind them but i mean they made that happen but i don't know i don't know what the state of digimon is in terms of like overall popularity like is it still like enough of a thing to warrant a giant game like that i would like to think so because i've always been more of a digimon guy than a pokemon guy um just because i think the anime is better but yeah i guess Unless they have an anime or a new movie that's like a huge hit and it gets everyone on the train again, I, I I don't see it happening personally, unfortunately. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, we'll uh, keep dreaming as we wind <laughs> this episode down and think about all of our 
our unrealized Digimon fantasies. Thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> Kyle, Wesley, thanks for joining us and lending us your amazing presences. As usual, presence I? Presences? Presences. Anytime. P- parentheses. <laughs> oh, there oh, we go. One lap. More hearts for the road. And thanks for watching, guys. We will see you next Thursday for another episode of the Game Informer Show. Bye-bye. Bye.